Hey guys, we have a very, very cool show today for any of you who are interested in the whole YouTube thing. We have YouTubers from all across the internet, all in one place, answering questions. It's a pretty sweet setup. But before I get to the show, I want to tell you about the sponsor, Audioblocks. There's a new offer from Audioblocks. They're giving you a deal on a triple bundle, which is video, audio, and images for the price of just $149. It's an annual subscription. You can go to audioblocks.com slash musiciswin to get all the stock video, audio, and images you can imagine for just one low price. That's Audioblocks, A-U-D-I-O-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash music is wind to save on millions of studio quality clips, tracks, and graphics. Also, a quick note, there is something very exciting happening this week, the week of December 18th, 2017. It could involve some type of release of some epic material. Hmm, wonder what it could be. Also, I'd like to congratulate the winner of our Fretboard Friday giveaway, the second iteration, if you will. James Queen is the winner. Congrats, James. I love Scott Pilgrim, and apparently you know that. So uh, please respond to your Twitter DM and get your prize. For the rest of you, there's still time in December to win whatever is left over after James chooses his prize. So feel free to sign up for my email list at musiciswin.com slash fretboardfriday and you will be receiving instructions on how you can enter to win the next giveaway. Now, let me tell you about why this super Marvel Avengers team of YouTubers was brought together. We were invited down by a school in Ontario, Canada called OIRT, which is short for Ontario Institute of Audio Recording Technology. And essentially we were brought in to do YouTube stuff and whatever happened, happened. So it consisted of myself, Jared Dines, Stevie T, Trey from Gear Gods, Adam Neely, Sarah Longfield, and Glenn Fricker. And it was essentially two days of really, really awesome fun and music. You're going to have to wait to see all the cool content that came out of it, but check those YouTube channels in the near future for that. This is sort of a Q&A that we did with the students. Uh, the students are learning, obviously, about recording technology, but also how to make a living or a career out of the internet as a musician. So we did our best to try and answer their questions and give them advice. And I think a lot of you could find it really helpful and cool, even if you're not looking to be an online musician or something like that. It could give you some inspiration to turn your hobby into a career. Isn't that like a saying for some terrible product? I don't know. But uh, the point is, it was really fun. Thank you so much for OIR to bring us in. I had a lot of really nice conversations with these YouTubers and the, the students. And I will let you know the audio quality is not the best. I just set up a little camera mic. Uh, we didn't really have a plan to record it, but I was like, hey, this would make a great podcast. So bear with me on that. If you're listening on iTunes, be aware you can also watch the podcast on YouTube. Uh, just type the Music is Win podcast and you will find it. That way you can actually see who's talking because sometimes it's hard to tell if you're just listening. 
Anyways, without further ado, this is the YouTuber Roundtable. that's where we're at right now, is in the early 20th century, Edison invented the wax cylinder. All they knew is that it could record sound, and nobody knew what it was going to do or how it would change the world, and what they could do with the technology and how they could monetize it. And here we are 100 years later, YouTube's the new wax cylinder. What are we going to do with it? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Any questions? Questions? Alright, cool. Alright, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. So, uh, I have a really, like, thorough question, kind of. So when you guys started growing your channel in the beginning, and when you really, like, started growing, like, so, like, for example, in the beginning, in the beginning you have, like, 10, 20 subscribers, but, like, when it picks up, like, what did you guys do differently? That's really interesting to me. Interesting. Um, well, I, I can say that I think a lot of us here uh, have had a channel for a very, very long time, um, which is a little bit different than you might think. I mean, you probably might have heard of like us because of some <coughs> cool video or whatever. Uh, I got my channel three months after YouTube started. Holy shit. Yeah. And so <laughs> I didn't start doing anything different though. Like I just w was posting videos randomly and like occasionally like people would share it, but like very, very small growth for almost a decade. And then two years, two years ago, I started posting regularly, like every Monday, no matter what, I would always just post regularly. And that sort of has like the algorithm gods have shined, shined on me um, because YouTube likes that. What do you think, um, really, like, besides just consistency, sparked the growth of your channel? I think it's, like, all over the board. I've worked with a couple different YouTubers, and some of them are, like, super methodical about it. They've got, like, a YouTube, like, a list of, like, videos and, like, super obscure stuff that, like, may or may not be a thing for, like, six months. Like, a video a week for, like, six months. They have it all laid out. They've got it planned out. They've got a production team, and, like, hours and hours of work goes into it. But then, you know, like, there's others of us that are just like, I don't know, I'm going to... 
shoot a video today, and then you spend, like, you know, an entire day or two just shooting it and just kind of randomly. Yeah, I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all. I, I do think, though, the spontaneity is important, regardless of how you organize your thoughts. Jared says he does a video, you know, he'll come up with it and then do it and then post it tomorrow, right? <laughs> so I'm kind of the polar opposite. I have a list of maybe 100 videos, but you can still be spontaneous because you don't necessarily have to do that video in that order, if that makes sense. So you can be like, I'm feeling a theory lesson today, or I'm feeling a complete psycho goofball video today. So you can still have a spontaneity, but also be just a way to organize your creativity. Uh, I think that ideas are very rarely the problem. I think I think yeah. all of us just like have so many ideas. Like that would be cool. A big part of it is just like execution, just like the work, the actual time that you spend into it. Because you can have a cool idea. Anybody could have a cool idea. It's just can you actually bring that to fruition? That's like the that's the hard part. That's what I was going to ask. Like, do you guys outsource your video editing? Like, what do you guys outsource? For me, I, I'm just way too stubborn for someone else to edit my videos. Yeah, yeah, so I'll probably always be editing mine. Like, if I do a video and I'm dancing like an idiot playing guitar, I've done 50 takes of it. So I don't want someone else <laughs> so to, like, yeah, I have to decide which one. ones. Yeah, yeah. Idiot a little bit more than this thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> one. Yeah, no, I've been there. That's how it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just one one thing is just like the the humor aspect is so much in the editing with the whole thing, and so like everybody here just there's a little twinge of that like you know absurdist internet humor, and like to trust somebody else with that is just like nah. <clears throat> it's a little weird. Yeah. I can say this for an absolute certainty: when if you're editing your own stuff, do this before you start, rather than like four years in, like I did. Set your hot keys up. From the get go, I was doing like I was doing the I was editing in Premiere like the hard way for so long, and just like two, like maybe three months ago, my one of my video editor interns, who is now my roommate, was like, "Oh yeah, dude, all you gotta do is you could set everything up here and like." And I was watching him fly through the editing, and I was like, "Oh, so many hours of my life." <laughs> ah! We're doing a lot of right right click cut. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ripple delete. Yeah. No. Edit. No, no, no. Cut. Set, set them all up, so like it's all in your in your left hand, and it'll take you a, an eighth of the time. I think too. I want to add that it depends on your workflow and how much content you want to put out as well. If you're doing like like Stevie said, you do a video in two weeks. Yeah, don't be lazy. Do your own edits. But if you're doing a video a day, or if you're doing two videos a day, like Good Mythical Morning, imagine if those two guys did all their own edits. Like there's no way. You know, so it just depends on what kind of channel you want and what you want to grow into as well. You think like, oh, I want to get an editor so that I can put out more content, but more is not necessarily better, and I'm a very good example of that. <laughs> like, I have, I was asking everybody how many videos they have on their channel, and everybody on here on this panel, their channels are way more popular than mine, and I have double, it's, I think I have twice as many videos on my channel as anybody else does, and it's like super way too varied and. I think if you edit it yourself, it's that's probably true. I just want the shotgun approach. But like, if you're editing it yourself, um, it, you're, you have to love the thing that you just shot to see it all the way through to the end. And that's a much more, that makes it much more likely that it's going to be really good. 
and then you have this like one thing that's really good, and you're like, yeah, here it is. Instead of like, bam, 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 bam. And people are like, I don't know yeah. what to focus on. If you love editing, edit your own videos. If you hate it, don't do it. Because then it's going to kill your love for the creativity of what you do. Yep. Whenever you're doing like artistic stuff or more creative stuff or like you have a group of people, it's hard to like, you can't be behind the camera and in front of the camera. So sometimes you need a person just to be like, I, I pressed play. Like I did the thing. It's, it's recording. That's it. So yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just need the movement. That's the yeah. Yeah. For like music videos and stuff, yeah. I tripod as much as I can. Uh, when I was learning guitar, I never thought I'd have to like, it, they were never like, Okay, so here's a G chord, and you're going to have to learn a lot about lenses. All that, that trial and error, that's lighting and lenses, like, that's not our niche. Well, wow, speak for yourself. I did me the arts at Shona. Yeah, shooting this was like no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Education was cool 20 years ago. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay, you were never cool. So, for getting started, or like any recommendations like for us, like, Just do what, it. like hardware and software, like what would you recommend? Don't even worry about that shit. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would find something that makes it work because that honestly I got I just started filming just in, with iMovie and then I was like oh yep. final cut and that is all I can handle for um, for editing for a camera get something cheap a DSLR is not super expensive but even just your phone if you're in the beginning just start doing it no matter just good like don't don't have any pretense and don't have any expectations for what it will be or become just start yeah there's no no other way around it, I think. I think it's much more important to develop your voice, so to yeah. speak, and that only happens by making videos, and even if you have a $50,000 camera, if your content sucks, then nobody's going to watch it. There's so plenty of that. If you, yeah. have to, you have to really, I mean, gear is, you know, I would say the three pillars of somebody that somebody needs to focus on starting out is the consistency, the quality, and the authenticity. And the quality side is what you were asking, the production, you know, having a mic that isn't clipping and a video that is 720 or above, is, that's pretty much all you need to focus on there. But the authenticity, and I think the authenticity is really your voice, which you should work on immediately. And you can identify if that is true, you know, inside, if you're making something that like makes you laugh or it makes you feel good when you're watching it, that should be your barometer. And then the consistency is, you know, some type of publishing schedule once a week, once a day, whatever it is. Have something that your audience that you're trying to build can expect from you. The best camera, the best camera is the one you have on you. Mm -hmm. So I, I started editing all my stuff on a piece of shit Sony Bio with, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like whatever Windows like video editor was available at the time. But it worked, you know, so don't get super caught up. You know. my, my first 15, 20 videos was an iPhone 4 with a construction light. And those are still my biggest videos. And people will even say, like, I wish you'd go back to the quality you did. <laughs> 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 I think 
Yeah, if you want to know about lights, I've actually got a tutorial on how to build your own homemade you know, Don't plug your channel, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, I, I built a set for freight for gear guns as well when I was down in LA. They're really easy to do. And a set of Kilo clothes would cost you a couple grand if you buy them retail. And if you get the right parts from Home Depot and you know what bulbs to order off Amazon, you can do them for about 30 bucks a month. It like kicked the quality of our videos up like. 800 yeah. percent. We actually know when a video will go viral. No. Oh, <laughs> I can smell it a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it hasn't actually happened for me. The videos that take the least amount of time always go viral. The ones that you spend like a week or two on. Nobody cares they, about it. Yeah, so weird. What's your um, your video making process? What's the this, this start? The first ingredients? And what do you add? How do you? And what, like, what do you finish on? What's just painting all the time? All the time for me. Video. So you have no set? No, no. Just an idea. An idea and like kind of small things you want to talk about, but you also want to be sporadic so you don't do like a full script. Yeah. Sometimes I'll do scripts or two scripts yeah. or three scripts. I think mm -hmm. that's one with that. A lot of it for me is uh, the first thing I want to think of is most of the video titles. Would you put a limit on how many hours you spend shooting video before you go to editing? Sometimes it can take forever. Sometimes it's an hour and you do the video in an hour, you edit it in an hour and then it's up. And then sometimes it's like, it just doesn't end. You're like, wow, I hate this. I'm just going to go get a job at McDonald's. <laughs> I've gone back mid-editing and at like another day and put on the same clothes I was wearing in that video because I messed up something. And I'm like, no! And you'll learn to shave yeah. before every video because if you got to do shots for the same video a few days later and your facial hair isn't changing lengths, that's why I shave before every that video. That could be a cool right? effect, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going on with this guy's face? Yeah, you learn, these are things you learn along the way. Adam, a while ago you were asked... Uh, <laughs> So someone said, uh, what do you think you have the authority to teach? Oh, yeah. um, and you talked about the teaching degree that you got. I was wondering why you decided to teach via Q&A and music theory on YouTube. Oh, well, for me personally, I'm, I'm, I just love teaching. And like, I definitely was teaching before YouTube. I like just, that's a big thing that I do. And that's what I was also doing, you know, teaching guitar lessons, teaching like how to play Wonderwall and whatever. Um, but I then, you know, had the opportunity to like, do a little bit more with it. And so that's, yeah, I, I think that YouTube, I think education is a really big thing if anybody is looking to teach for YouTube. There's a there's so much uh, market out there, I guess. Like, there's definitely a lot of people who want to learn from YouTube, and there's definitely new and exciting ways of doing it, doing lessons. Um, so, yeah, that's, I, I just like teaching. So what gives you the authority? I have a camera. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I'd like to think that the stuff that I say is factual, and I think uh, I like to think that it's factual. But then it got yeah. me thinking, like, why would you do YouTube instead of? Like, yes. Yeah. And when I respond to troll comments, it's always because there's there might be an element of truth yeah. to a troll, and like I mm -hmm. I go hard on like people who troll me, and which is fun. It's really great, and yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> so. I think that's the best thing about YouTube. Is it's just going to Sewing is cool. But uh, yeah, they, 
authorities come from the people watching it, right? Like if anyone, if you help anyone learn how to cook a soybean, that's <laughs> one soybean. That's the story. The viewers get credits to your online YouTube. Uh, what do they call it when you're a teacher? Actually, have a question about like support wise from like family and friends when you're first starting. Were they supportive or were they like mm. fuck no? No. <laughs> <laughs> There's like so, you have to make a choice with what you're doing, if you're trying to do music, and because I've been trying to do both for a long time, and you're going to get, if you do YouTube, you're going to be seen as a YouTuber, like no matter where you go, no matter what you do, when I go, when I'm touring, like with my band, everybody's like, oh yeah, that, that the music video you did was sick, but like that Rob Scallon video, like, Wow, when are you gonna go on tour with him and stream Slayer songs? And I'm like, yeah. I've made a grave mistake. <laughs> but it's like anywhere you go, like I'll go anywhere in the world, and people are like, I know you from that. Like you're a YouTuber. You get branded as a YouTuber, and it's hard to walk away from that. Cause I've tried to stop a couple times. These guys are like way more consistent than I am. I'll go six months without like without making a video, cause I'll be like, I want to be in a band and tour. I don't want to do YouTube anymore. Like I fluctuate all the time and. Once you've, like, established yourself, if that's, like, where you started, that's, like, a thing you have to be willing to to be recognized by and, and, like, tied to for the rest of your music career. Like, it's very hard to get away from it if you've made any sort of success with it. It's not necessarily bad thing either. Though. No, it's not. It, you can get people to go to shows even if they don't care about your band because they like your YouTube videos. So, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that uh, my songs have gotten a lot shorter. Yeah. 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 Because you like you really get an idea of People's of how long somebody's yeah. attention span is. Yeah. And I think that's kind of indicative of our culture as a whole and not yeah. just YouTube. So it's like like Glenn says, get to the fucking point. Yeah. Yeah, I, I find that it doesn't when I write a song or if I'm doing a record because I don't do YouTube I keep it very separate. I don't give a fuck what my YouTube or like audience is gonna think. It's like I wanna do Metalcore, I want to do deathcore, I want to do a fucking slut rock album. I'm, like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it how I want to do it. Very underrated genre. <laughs> but mentally, I have to like, like, so I'm in YouTube mode, I'm making YouTube videos, right? So then it's like, alright, these two weeks, I'm not in YouTube mode, I'm in writing mode. You know, and then I'll work on that. And then, so I, I keep it very separate. Were there any videos where you're like, I should... 
wanted to cut it and then you put it out and it just got huge? Yes. Yeah. 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 You're saying, yeah. I'm not putting this up. Like, Most of my videos that, that are the biggest, I don't find funny at all. The biggest video on my channel is a fidget spinner guitar pick video. <laughs> I literally didn't mean to make, I was just, I started filming, I was like, this will be funny, haha. <laughs> and I made the video and I was like, this is probably the worst video I've ever made. <laughs> and I put that in the title, I said, warning, stupid, this is a stupid video. And it got, it has like three million views. And I'm like, why? And it sounds terrible, like it's a terrible, terrible video. And that's what people see when, Sometimes when they find me, I'm like, oh, this is, I don't know if this is good or bad, but you live in my I guess. I want a shirt because morning is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do you guys deal with uh, people who copy your video on, your, on their channel or on Facebook? Um, the band, there was a label, We Are Triumphant, and uh, the label, or um, the band Trapped. Um, we're basically downloading Jeremy Rob's videos and copying them, re-hosting re them on Facebook. And this is before Facebook had some kind of a notice and takedown system. So I may have made a video and called them out, and it was great. What was really great was uh, the singer from Trap then tried filing a trademark dispute on YouTube with me because I dared use his, his, um, his band logo, and I said, look, I made a rebuttal video to that. He got all kinds of unwanted publicity. It was great. But I said, look, trademark is there to keep me from taking your logo and putting it on something of mine and trying to sell it. And if we've all learned something, putting a trap logo on something, there's a guarantee it's not going to sell. Fucking hated that band. Always. I like them. Fuck you. <laughs> I think the big, bigger problem is Facebook encourages that sort of thing. Yes. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yes it does. Do, do they? Well, yeah. I mean... By that point, it's already like. Yep. Yeah. By the time really, you get the to it. The poison has spread. Yeah. But it's super easy to just message somebody and be like, yo, like I have a nice template that's like very specifically worded to like scare people into taking their shit down. But the, a big thing is follow through. I mean, if I have to lawyer up on people and not even go to court, but just like I need a legit lawyer, someone with Esquire after their name to like send an email. <laughs> and and we, there was a page called The Pit um, that, was, that was like. Re-uploading Jared's content, and I contacted the dude, and I sent him like a weird phone or weird message. And afterwards, he was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, he didn't even know what he was doing was wrong." And it turns out yeah. that that page is like a subsidiary of Warner Bros. So now we work with Warner Brothers. So I think like there's a lot of good that can come out of people like ignorantly, accidentally stealing content. But it's super easy to just message them and be like, "Yo, you're in violation of this copyright act." Blah 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 blah. Take this shit down. Can't you just report it on Facebook now too? Yeah, it's like a copyright infringement. It's super easy. You're just like, this is mine. This is why this is mine, and then they pull it down. Yeah, you can. You know, it's not even a bad thing. What nine times I've said, what I'll do is just say, hey, you don't even need to take it down. Just re-edit it and put Jared Nine's hack Facebook page in the description. We don't really even care. At the end of the day, it's all going to come. If they get whatever ten thousand likes, fuck it. But all that traffic's going to come back to the source. Yeah, I feel like the. It's the uncredited stuff, and that, that uncredited stuff is yep. all everywhere. But if you have it like above the tagline and you know linked all the media of the actual thing, yeah. With that, with that said, like even when New York Triumphant was doing that stuff with you guys, he was still putting your name in. Like, he was like linking to you guys. Yeah, that's what it was just like. No, 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 no. They let it. It went to check. Like, 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 but in the initial post was like it was one of my videos and it said like this page for more. Yeah. Nothing to do with me. And I'm like, that's not, this is my video. I do like your page. You don't do this. And then finally, after it got like six or seven, like,
<laughs> now that you did this, you wrote a video. So. Yeah, like a month ago, you were like, yo, I'm going to pay you to like, pull my band. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> 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 how much is, or I know it's probably not the same for all of you, but how much is your Instagram, you know, Snapchat, Facebook part of your YouTube promotion? <clears throat> Very small for me. YouTube it's big is actually something that you guys should know about if you if you are serious about using leveraging Facebook uh, because Facebook like uh, Tony said it, it chokes out anything that isn't native Facebook content but there are these things called instant articles and essentially you embed some code in the top of your blog and each blog it pulls your RSS feed and each blog post becomes a Facebook instant article and I do like Trey does where I'll put a little blurb and I'll embed my YouTube video in a blog post that RSS feed is then pulled from, from Facebook instant articles and you share that Facebook instant article and it's a native Facebook post but it's you don't have to leave the Facebook app to view a YouTube video so it's basically like posting a picture or whatever um, but it's it's native to Facebook, so that's a huge. Uh, not a lot of people do that. I don't know about that. I just use a selfie. Self like Facebook encourages selfies so much. Like if I post a link to a YouTube video, I'll get like forty likes. If I post a selfie, I'll get like three thousand, and then I'll be like, I don't care about this. Please click my video in the comments, and it'll blow up. It's like you, if you tie them together well, there's like little tips and stuff like with Instagram and otherwise. I've noticed a lot of things like that too. Like I'll yep. post a picture with a description, and then I'll take the description, I'll put the description in the picture, yep. and you'll see like. And you have to like avoid keywords and stuff. Like if you say link, like and I link, can't yeah, say I put spaces. Yeah. I'll be like L space, I space, N space, K, because Facebook is trash. There's like so many small ways around it. Oh, so if you can like. If you're not smart enough to do that, I'm not smart enough to so do that. that. I'm just like, this is my face. <laughs> and then, like, they'll go to where you want if you post it in the comments. Well, hello there. I hope you are enjoying this pleasant Q&A conversation round table discussion i'd like to take a quick break to talk about the sponsor of the show audioblocks audioblocks is giving you a deal on a triple bundle video audio and images for just 149 dollars all the content is royalty free so you can use it for commercial and personal projects 
new clips are added regularly, so there's always something fresh to download. And I think this fits in very nicely with the subject of this podcast, being a content creator, all of the things that you need to create content when it comes to royalty-free source material is contained in these massive libraries, so it's a great deal. I highly recommend it. Go to audioblocks.com slash musicaswin to get all the stock video, audio, and images you can imagine for just one low price. That's audioblocks. A-U-D-I-O-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash musicaswin. Save on millions of studio quality clips, tracks, and graphics. Now, back to the round table. People undervalue diversifying your audience, though, too. So I think that, like, growing separate, completely separate pages is, like, a really, a really powerful tool as well. You know, you do this, like, so flow. A jackass, but, like, his Facebook page is gigantic. And that all translates back to things that it's not really submerged on YouTube, but it's very, very easy to submerge on Facebook. So while we don't monetize any of those millions of views on Facebook, I think through the page from like 90,000 likes to like 400,000 likes in three months. But, and we're, really, we're piggybacking all of that traffic to go back to the things you can't control, like how you sales and merch sales, things that are not super easy to sell on YouTube, with the exception of saying, buy my merch, go from the church. That's like a quieter way to like push your brand. Yeah, I thought I something about like YouTube was trying to kind of stop people from. Oh, they're they're still doing that. And they're yeah, still that's what I want to do. I was like, Glenn, that's like a huge well, portion. Uh, okay, so it's behind the scenes stuff because it's, it's great. Uh, <laughs> the adpocalypse happened, happened, and then what sucked, and then they started implementing a lot of machine learning, like a lot of. Uh, deep AI stuff in terms of like what the AI is going to flag from the video. So no humans do it. You can't get in contact with any humans. We like getting in contact with humans from YouTube doesn't happen. There are no humans. Okay, wait, no. I <laughs> wanted to follow up with you on this. Yes. Did that ever pan no. out? It no, did okay. not pan yeah. out. Did, the, did you the, get the call, the contact? Yeah, so they, they pair you with a uh, like a channel. Sometimes they pair pair you with a channel. Like, like a console. Like, yeah, because I'm yeah. curious. I was curious earlier. Too. Um they pair you with a channel consulate person who doesn't do anything. Uh, they just help you with your branding, I guess. Um, but you can't get in contact when there's like actual stuff. So basically, there's this machine learning algorithm, which they've implemented, which started flagging everything. And every, everything I uploaded was, uh, no matter what, was flagged for um, not being suitable for advertisers. And so, I, yeah, and you know, I don't even swear, um, but I am a bass player. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but it was it was crazy because they uh, they treat it very seriously. They're trying to make sure that uh, advertisers don't go away, and they basically program this algorithm. Nobody knows exactly. Nobody can know too, because the technology of deep learning, the technology of machine learning, means that you can't actually understand how it's flagging, like what specifically why it's flagging. It's just being optimized for a certain thing, like optimized for being most family friendly, whatever that means. So it checks out whatever your content is. There's content ID. There's it scans for swear words. It's one, but also things like uh, Universal Music Group. I included that in my title. That immediately got got uh, like flagged for not being family friendly for some reason. Certain keywords weirdly just get flagged, and nobody. Like, what is your creative process exactly? Do you just kind of like dick around on the 
on like whatever instrument and like, oh, that sounds good, or is there like more of a methodical way of going about it? I haven't done this in a while, but sometimes I'll write a completely brand new song from scratch for the instrument or whatever. Because like, for instance, I did a review of an eight-string guitar and like I didn't have any songs for the eight-string, so I had to write a song on the eight-string and then and then record it pretty well in Pro Tools and then get somebody who's good at mixing and mastering to do that. Um, and then I have to, then I like sit down and film it like a pretty specific way, like, like, because at this point I know what angles are going to look good and what aren't. Like I, I go back and look at some of my old videos, and like the angles of me playing, like my feet are in them. It's like it's like so wide that it's like my whole body instead of like a close up on the guitar, you know, like stuff like that. So it's like pretty, like I can do it all, almost all of it myself because I know what's going to work and what isn't, just from screwing up so many times. Um, you know, and then I have like a pretty specific way that I edit it. So it's not like that crazy, but that's just, that's just because when I'm doing this kind of video, that's what works. If it's, if it's something like either that's never been done before or like a, something that's more spontaneous or crazy, like trying to plot it out or think of it in a methodical way will actually screw you up rather than make it easier. Like the way that I do it methodically is just to save me a bunch of time because I already know I don't have to wade through all this bullshit. What about you, Steve? What's going on? <laughs> What's your creative process in 30 seconds or less? It's about all I need is 30 seconds. <laughs> yep. uh, Essentially, just have a topic and just wing it, really. It doesn't matter how much extra crap I got in there, I can edit it the way I want to. And that's usually the best thing that works for me, so... So, so do you have to monetize like every single video? You can set up defaults. You don't have to. Yeah. You got anything. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's you have a, a good idea. You can yeah. tell your channel, you can just tell your channel, monetize everything. Yes, they don't. Yeah. yeah. Right. You have to be kind of careful though, because if you're if you're doing anything that could be a copyright infringement, you can get penalized for it. So that's why they give you the option on each video. Because if you're doing like any cover or anything, some you can get away with it. At least I've been able to. Some you can't, and it's like if you get penalized, they can like put suspension stuff on your channel or like well what what they now have is they can like uh, the copyright holder can take your monetization and that, that's definitely happened for me like I have a oh yeah a yep. weird fetish with all-star <laughs> <laughs> they they own the, mo the money making for a lot of my videos it is kind of intuitive though I think with the copyright thing because I don't really do covers but what I've had a couple instances where I've made sort of covers but there's not really a robot that could detect you know, this is Enter Sandman because I'm playing it in a different style or something. But when it does happen, there's uh, revenue sharing that mm -hmm. is yeah, usually some. a default mm -hmm. uh, thing that you don't even have to do anything. You just say, yeah, I want to monetize this. And they're like, it could be split. And you're like, whatever. Because you don't really have another choice. <laughs> of course, they don't tell you what the split is. <laughs> yeah. But it could be, yeah. The robots are good, though. I've, like, down-tuned and, like, played at different tempos and, like, used different instruments. And they're still, like... Robots are getting smarter. Yeah, they're able to pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, this is this song. The arrangement to robots. Yes. When you guys do a video, like, like when you use the video, when you put it on your channel, for instance, how do you get the money from it? Is it the same no. that you're talking yeah. about? Or does it's it all just go to you and Whatever channel. It's a bro dap. Yeah. Like, thanks, bro. High fives. This whole thing about collaboration, though. I'll be on one of his videos, he'll be on one of mine, and he gets the ad revenue for, yeah.
Yep. It pays off though. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like you, you get like links to like I said, it, it intertwines all of the channels so that there's like a group of people that like if you click on somebody's you'll see these five people almost every time because they collaborate. So yeah, that's worth it. So I know that uh, YouTube and Google has like the pretty powerful advertising engine. Um, at what point did you start advertising or do you advertise and how? Um, I started when I had about what what is it, ten is it ten thousand yeah. users? Wait, uh, yeah. Do you mean monetizing the videos or doing no, like, like Google your, SEO? So your own personal advertising, like in terms of growing your channel, oh, like how easy. much of it was organic and how uh, much of it was actually like paid ads? Oh, paid ads. Oh, paid ads. Oh. I don't do any of those. No paid ads. I mean, like the whole system is designed to kind of advertise itself because yep. that's in YouTube's interest <laughs> to get people to see videos that are cool so they will promote videos that are cool because then that gets them ad revenue. <laughs> So it's kind of, it's, I feel like I've never done any sort of paid advertising whatsoever. I just, it's kind of hard the advertising. Yeah. Yep. The best advertising you can do for your channel is collab with other YouTubers. Yes. Yeah, that's a big one. 100%. I've done paid advertising. Does it work? It's, it's super sweet. Oh, it's <laughs> Yeah. The thing about it is you can target an audience and uh, decide on what type. So you guys know what musician is? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See. I heard it's the best way to learn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and master the guitar. So that's the type of advertising where I think it's oh, it's too much, uh, where they've memed themselves. <laughs> and I actually made a, a parody video of them. But uh, I think I've done that same sort of pre-roll ad for guitar courses, um, and it's it's hugely successful. But I only shoot it out at certain points, so it's not like I'm going to buy every guitar video and spend 20 grand a month on advertising. It's like, no, I have this targeted thing that I'm trying to promote this thing, but uh, that involves kind of a knowledge of the SEO side of things. And on, it's called AdWords, so uh, if you want to get into that, it's, I think you have to have an, I don't think you have to have an AdWords account to have an AdSense account, but the two are in the same dashboard uh, layout and it's sort of like Facebook in that you can target an audience figure out your budget and yet it's different because it's Google so there's a very deep rabbit hole you can go down uh, really the most important thing is to have a strong first four seconds to whatever you're trying to advertise but some I've seen some bands just have their song uh, as an ad, just like if you like this song, then people will watch it, and they're not necessarily doing anything except trying to get people back to their website. So you have to define your goals and have a strong piece of content behind it. But it is valuable for sure. Uh, how have you guys uh, considered transitioning into like live streaming, so like Twitch, YouTube, even Facebook? Oh yeah, we were having talked about that. A long talk about that. The robot overlords really want us to live stream. Yes. yes. You can't edit a live stream and that makes no. us all very nervous. <laughs> Actually, I I think that live streaming has made me really try to step up my game because you can't edit anything. You can't, you can't if you miss out. that note, it's there forever unless you unlist the video. But yeah. it's uh it's it's really I think a cool way, especially for me personally. I don't play live music very often, so. That is a way for me to kind of interact with people and be accountable for my musicianship, which I think at the end of the day, that's still the most important thing to all of us is to be masters of our craft as best we can. Yeah. 
but from a business perspective, live streams, live streaming is incredibly important for certain niches. So I have products that I sell, and if I want to promote those in a natural way, in an interactive way, I can do that with live streaming. Whereas if I make a video promoting it, I feel like it's a little bit less, uh, not as well it's more received. Like an yeah, they can tell. Yeah, so like with live streams, this is a really great strategy. Is I put up a computer, my laptop, in the background, and it just says what my deal is, and I don't even reference it the entire time. It's just like a, a sponsored block right there. But uh, I make, you know, I just jam the whole time, read people's questions, and if somebody says something, and like if I do reference it, I'll be like, it'll be a joke. So if somebody asks a question, I'll give an answer, and then I'll be like, or, Look at this screen, and then I'll just move along. So it, as natural as you can be, uh, I mean, live streaming is it, really like makes you a natural, brings out your natural self. I think so. That's why I like it. I think it's invasive. <laughs> <laughs> they contacted me for Twitch Creative, and they're like, "It was, it's a cool thing. It's a super cool thing, but it's like." how much of yourself do you want to give to the internet? You know, they're like, we want to watch your process for recording and writing your painting or drawing. And we, people want to see the process. And like, I get that. Like, I want to see people's process. Like I'm intrigued by that, but there's like a certain like solitude and like, there's a, there's like a, a thing that happens when you're creating something that I think it's, it's, if you're, if you're sharing that, it's a performance more than a creation at that point. And like, where you draw the line with like what you keep to yourself and what you're presenting to everybody else. Because there is, there has to be a separation. When you blend the two, you go nuts. So it's like, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I don't want to do it. I'll end up doing it, I'm sure, because money, but I don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in terms of sponsorship, uh, how, does, how does that kind of get started? Do, does it, most of the time, is the companies contacting you and asking you to promote their stuff? Or yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that's, yeah, you get a certain number and then you start. That's how you want it to work. You don't yeah. want yes. to be the one you going. You don't want to be asking. I determine who gets to set the price. Yeah. yeah. If you go to them, they're going to be like. And I have probably had, honestly, more people walk away after starting interaction if they've come to me. If you reach out to them and they respond, you at least know that they're interested. It's, it's, you may not make as much, but you're wasting a lot less of your own time. If you're like, hey, here's what we are, here's what we do. If you want to advertise, just write me back. And if they write you back, now you're you're playing ball. Whereas like if people message, I have people message me all the time, like, hey, I'm so so from Alibaba Express. I'm like, oh, that company makes a lot of money. And they'll be like, please review this ukulele. And I'm like, great, here's our fee. Oh no, we were hoping you could just we could just give you a ukulele. Music. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm like, well, let's see how much these are. Let's stop. And they're like thirty dollar ukulele. We will give you one hundred ukuleles. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the secret. I don't know. That's the ingredients for a great. Yeah, that's a great video. Yeah. Smashing on how fast can we smash a hundred ukuleles? Viral video right there. Yeah. Uh, how many of you guys have like multiple income sources and how important is that? 
YouTube is a good base because you can always come back to it. Like for me, when I'm jumping around or I'm on tour for six months, I know I can come back and make a video. And like, you will lose some subscribers and followers if you wait. That's why consistency is important. But there's always like, you can build it back up. Pretty much every time I've tried to do it, I've been able to build my audience back up and just keep growing my channel every time I come back to it. I think the reason that's most important is because we're not all going to be schools when we're all of you. 20 years, but being an experienced person in the music industry, the music industry, I'm pretty sure isn't going to go away in our lifetime. So if you become the best musician you can be and learn to do all these other things that we've been thrust into learning to do, then you will always have value in the community and you'll always be able to work in music, which I think I can speak for all of us. I'm never going to, no matter what happens to online or, or whatever platforms we use. I'm never going to work in a store again or, or do something that isn't music related. And I think just working really hard while we can predict the next day is uh, is an important thing. How do you balance your time like between you There's two no and your <laughs> It all blends into one beautiful maelstrom of chaos. And then 10 years yeah. go by and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> so, well, that is a really good question. Though. We should actually answer yeah. <laughs> I have no better answer nah, than that. That's, that's what it is. It's just a blend. YouTube is like, during the summer, on my schedule, I feel like I wake up at 9 a.m., I go to bed at midnight, whatever. If you're in the winter, I'm up till 5 a.m. and I sleep till 5 p.m. And it's just like having that, like, you're in your own world, kind of. You're doing your own job. You don't have a boss keeping your life on schedule, and you have to find it yourself. And for me, I've always found that, like, whatever it is, do what you feel like doing at that time. So if you feel like staying up at 3 a.m. and then, like, you know, staying three days or whatever it is, like, do it. If you want to do a video a day, do it, whatever. And if you want to cut back a little bit, do it. Like, make your own schedule, but stay, stay positive and stay, like, in that zone of, like, I'm happy, you know, and doing what works for me now. Because it might not work for you in six months. Just listen to your body, man. Yeah. Your body will tell you when it's like, okay, I'm fucking sick of editing this. Like, you're not going to be able to match up to this thing. Just go. You know, there's yeah. many times where I'll go to Thanksgiving dinner and, and I haven't slept in 22 hours. I'm just like, 
Hi, mom. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, man, get, you know, how's it going? Yeah. So, like, if you th if you want to do YouTube for like a full time job, like some of these cats do, they say that an entrepreneur, which is basically what we are, um, is somebody who's willing to work 80 hours a week to avoid working 40 hours a week. And that's pretty much it. Give yourself the time you need. You don't have to do it 18 hours a day if you don't want to. Yeah, that balance is super important. Uh, if you go too hard in the thing you're doing, A, you're going to hate it. Like, you're going to be like, wow, I love making music and now I just hate it. And you're not going to know what to do with yourself because the one thing that you love doing or like the three things you love doing, you hate. And then like, it's just like not good mentally. I think you need to be a certain kind of person to even do this because yeah. it's a weird thing to do, and it's like a We're all it's freaks. weird, yeah, it's yeah. weirdly demanding, and like, you know, there's there's a fine line between like, you know, the the love and the passion, and then the destruction that comes from just doing that like too much. So you need to have those reality checks and those breaks. Yeah. Going back to what uh, Steve was saying about how you can't turn your like mind off of like YouTube brain. Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. Like strategies coping with that stress. Alcohol. <laughs> 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 no, no, no. Cry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we cope. It's, it's like it becomes your normal. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you have to find your happy place. That sounds silly, right? But you do. Like, you have to know how to relax. You'll find it. You'll figure it out. You know. As you go, it's like, okay, I need a day to do this, <coughs> buy a hot tub, you know, I need to soak for a while, whatever it may be. I think um, find, finding like a secondary passion is really important. Right. Yeah. Okay. I think the only thing I do more than working for Jared is play hockey. If you look at any comment section, you got some of the best of humanity and definitely some of the worst of humanity. <laughs> like, do you just become like immune to it or do you just read through and at the end of the day you're like, oh my god, these humans are terrible. I am getting a cabin on an island somewhere. You know what I find that's, that's funny about that is that 95% of the people that will say the worst shit, like they could be like, fuck you, go die. And then I'll be like, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. They go, oh, I actually like you, dude. <laughs>
than a woman does, ever. Like, I could wear a, a green suit that was just like, it could be a dude suit, and they'd be like, but her feet, you know what I mean? It's like, the, it's always the feet. Yeah, the internet's super weird, but it's like... You can like, see your feet, it's all fucking over. <laughs> yes, I've had people draw my feet and send me my feet. Yeah. So you have to anticipate really weird things like that. like. Or like people trying to buy your used underwear, or like people showing up at like shows and stuff that aren't totally mentally sound, and that you're just more at like of a physical threat than like you know a mental threat. Or the internet saying, "Oh, you got tits!" Like, <laughs> thanks. Sometimes it's like, so it's just like for like when I'm on tour, that's the only time I really run into like a difference being like being gender being like a defining thing, because like. I've had like so much scary stuff happen on tour, whether I'm just like walking to the gas station to get food, or hanging out at the bar, having people try to do stuff at the bar, try to drug my drink, try to follow me in cars, try to come up to me after a show, try to get me in alleyways. So it's like, yeah, you it's a thing that you have to think about, but like the actual art and the act of doing that doesn't really differ from what the guys have to do. Like, how do all like, just try out there for most of you guys, or do you guys have like formal or Background education and like what like, advertising work and that's the only thing. Finished high school, loaded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a music degree. And he gets the least views. I, get, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am by far the low end of the totem pole, and I work the hardest in school. Well, actually, Adam is probably the most educated guy on the but then. Nothing related to actually what I'm doing right now. Yeah. That's that's the other thing. It's like the educate I mean I'm very thankful for my education and it's great and whatever but um, not in the I didn't get any of the skills that I use in the day to day through education well like, but what you guys are getting right now is more education than any of us have ever received yes. oh yeah in a formal way. and, a formal and, and a I think it's right, yeah. it, it, like this is a very forward thinking uh, arrangement that is happening right now and it's something that I anticipate will happen more frequently across higher education institutions and uh, don't definitely don't take anything for granted when you're in a place like this because Adam went to Berkeley, I went to Berkeley. Where'd you go, Trey? Berkeley. <laughs> uh, Just for a year, though. Anyways, it's, a, uh, it's easy, like, looking back on it, seeing all the experiences that I've had now, looking back on the experiences I had while I was in school, it's easy to go a day or a week or a month of kind of status quo, so to speak, whatever that is for you. But I just encourage you, in a place like this, it's so much fun to go maybe a little bit beyond your comfort zone just to have those experiences in the bank instead of, because you're never going to look back and be like, damn, I wish I got that extra three hours of sleep three years ago. But you will look back and be like, I'm so glad I, I did that thing for that extra three hours because it can change the way yeah, things happen before you. And that's going to wrap up this week's Music is Win podcast. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you got a little inspiration or wisdom out of a lot of the answers that were given. I was talking to some of the YouTubers and some of the folks from OyArt, and I was telling them those kids just got more information about YouTube and about becoming a successful musician on the internet, uh, they got more in that little two or three hour session than any of the YouTubers there have ever received. So now you guys know all that information as well, so I hope 
you use it wisely, and I hope it was a fun podcast to listen to. Of course, the Music is Win podcast drops every Monday, so we'll be back next week. But until then, keep shredding.